hello, you are listening to another episode of Inside the Tech Ecosystem, podcast where we bring you fun and insightful topics on tech and ecosystem in Nigeria. Um, yeah, you're joined by Chuka and Imano. Imano, please, before I introduce you, try and cut in, let them know that you're alive, that you're here. They already know, they, they know me now. Like, <laughs> please, if, I'm if, probably like the most popular one. Oh my... This is not a popularity that's, that's, contest. That's Everybody knows <laughs> <laughs> Um well actually yeah, I was actually counting our episodes, like how many things were released so far. I think this is our twentieth. No, I'm not talking about episodes though. I'm talking like all the audio files like we've sent out. <laughs> like <laughs> sprint sprint episodes. Like, yeah, there were actually some that never made it to the limelight. Sad. No worry. No worries, no worries. Okay, um, as you can see from the title of this episode, we have a very prestigious guest in our midst. <laughs> okay, he told us to do a drum roll, so <laughs> it's, it's. <laughs> uh, we have Ola Oluwa Fanny with us. Um and today we're going to be talking at length about engineering management and leadership. Uh, and this is someone that has actually, like I said earlier, traveled far and wide, <laughs> and he has worked with a lot of um, distributed and diverse engineering teams, and he has also built and managed some of these teams over the years, and um, we, we can actually, we actually know the work he has done, because he has worked in our lives as well, Emmanuel and I, yep. and we're actually so grateful to have him on this podcast. So yes, we're just going to let him introduce himself and talk, uh, you know, a lot more about himself and what he does, you know, what his job is like. So the floor is yours, Chama. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, hi guys. Uh, thank you very much for um, having me on this your uh, it's a show. No, anyone, anyone is fine. Yeah, yeah the one you can you can call it anything you want. <laughs> yeah, thanks. I, I think uh, you guys are doing amazing work trying to uh, educate people, sensitize love communities out there, and I think uh, it's a privilege to be here. Uh, it's probably my first time uh, doing this for uh, or doing this with anyone, and so. I think I'll have to comport myself <laughs> and uh, not take the mic and run away. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, like Chuka said, uh, I call him David. Yeah. Uh, but because there's another David that we know, we we'll just stick with Chuka. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm Laulu. Uh, you call me Olaluwa. And uh, what I do for a living is to ensure that Nigeria does not suck life out of me. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually a valid job description. Nice. Everyone should do that. Yeah. That's my my that's my first work uh being in Nigeria here. Because if you're not careful, you can be a, a cops walking all around. <laughs> yeah. Uh but also I do engineering, uh particularly software engineering. I have a flair for hardware engineering. Uh, but my environment affords me uh, more problems that could be solved with uh, software. And so 
Uh, I've been doing this for a little amount of years. Uh, still, uh, the very little little means. <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah, it's little because I still have uh, a lot of uh, my mentors that are still in the game mm. that are way ahead. So it's little. Yeah, ten is little. <laughs> so, maybe, maybe when we get to forty, we'll probably then uh, we'll probably then would remove the word little and we say appreciable. Mm. And yeah, so so that's uh, what I've been doing. And I think personally, uh, I've found out that. Uh, um, Life is worth living well, and wherever you find yourself, make the biggest impact. Uh, as where you find yourself might be a place to the next opportunity that you're looking out for. Yeah, thanks, guys. <laughs> you know why I'm very excited about the guests we have on today's on today's episode is because. The nuggets never end. He is yeah. going to drop a lot of wisdom today. <laughs> so everybody listening should just get ready. Get your Exactly, exactly. Okay, so um, usually, what we usually do on this show, whenever we have a guest, we usually ask two questions. One in the beginning, which is a general question, and the last one at the end is a little bit controversial. But... Uh, do we have a controversial question today? Yes. Okay. Okay. So today's first question, which is the general question, is: What would you be doing if you were not in tech? If I was not in tech, uh, I think I'll be doing two things. I I would probably be a full time uh, counselor, hmm. uh, basically tending to some age group, I think I've called them the, uh, a preteen, teen, and post-teen age group. Uh, because uh, a lot of things that we see out here, uh, they are being shaped uh, during that period of uh, any child's life. So uh, whether for profit or not for profit, I wouldn't need But I think I want to keep my family uh, moving on by maybe getting paid uh, or getting a source of income. Mm-hmm. But if I was not doing, if I had all the billions mm-hmm. and uh, I was just chilling and I'm not doing anything uh, that, or I'm not going to have the pressure to do anything to make money, mm-hmm. then I think I would just want to be a mentor to the next generation. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, then I think maybe a second one is, uh, which I still wonder why I would think that would be an option. It's farming. It's, <laughs> it's not that I was the best uh, agricultural student at any point. No, uh, was it that uh, I've even successfully planted a tree? So, uh, yeah, I think, I think maybe farming. Mm. You know, just oh, nice. uh, <laughs> looking out for how to, you know, like, or just, just basically, you know, counseling and... So, Ibu can see who the government is after. Is <laughs> 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 that target audience. Okay, thank you so much. Okay, uh, so, I'm just going to kick off by, you know, telling us a little bit about your job description. Uh, what does a daily work life of an engineering manager look like? Because I know you've managed a couple of engineering teams and 
you've probably experienced a lot of, you know, different, diverse, you know, outcomes from all of them. So, um, like, like your day-to-day activities, like, you know, what would you say that looks like? Could you, like, paint a picture for us? Yeah, I, I think the first, uh, first thing I do every day is to ensure that uh, nobody's thinking to leave my team. <laughs> <laughs> nobody's uh, thinking of resigning nobody's thinking of uh, you know, running to Canada at the moment or basically you're just thinking about the health of your team mm. that's, that's the first uh, thing I wake up to mm. every morning uh, you basically and there are signposts you put in place to ensure that uh, oh. Oh, you know what? Sorry, um, we actually did not get the full description of like an engineering manager. Like okay. you know, we didn't we didn't actually state what they do. Like you're talking about things that you do, but like we want to get the general idea. Like you know, who is an engineering manager in this general sense? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. Um. So I, I think for short, uh, an engineering manager is someone who uh, manages an engineering team and uh. Or if you would want to put some sort of job description to what an engineering manager would do, uh, I think a summary of it is someone who uh, manages the uh, the engineering team that builds or develops products. Mm-hmm. And this would mean that there are challenges that would come up in the product development phase that you as an engineering manager, you have to deconstruct uh, those problems and make them engineering problems that can be solved by engineers. Mm. So your work every day as an engineering manager is to <coughs> basically look out for uh, opportunities of improvement and, abil- and you being able to you know, break down problems mm. in a very achievable manner. Mm. Uh, to engineering teams, and you are also like the uh, middleware mm. between uh, every stakeholder within the organization and your engineers. So basically, everything passes through you, mm. and everything goes through you mm. uh, in a bi-directional manner. So you're reaching out to stakeholders, or you're reaching out to your uh, engineering team. So that's that's what an engineering manager is. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay, going back to making sure your team does not have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And interestingly, I think that's also the job of every engineering manager. Uh, if uh, if we would maybe I did put it in my own words, uh, but as an engineering, a responsible engineering manager would always look out for uh, the pulse of the team uh, because without a team, you are not engineering manager. So if all your team members resign today, then you shouldn't hold the office anymore. Mm. You should probably either also leave or uh, you find something else to do. And so the role is there because there is a team. To manage. Yeah, there's a team to manage. Mm. So uh, that's one of the things that I, I believe every engineering manager should do every morning. I mean, every time you uh, you wake up to resume at work. Hmm. Um, another thing that uh, you need to uh, see as your daily responsibility as an engineering manager is to ensure that uh, your team members don't come to work not knowing what to do. 
Mm. I think the ability for everybody to understand uh, their responsibility is also your responsibility. Uh, now you can go about your own style and your own approach to ensure that it's done. Uh, some people are very fine with uh, ensuring you do like a very long plan uh, that ensures that whenever you come to work, you can always find like a board, uh, whether it's a, it's a software or whether it's a physical board, mm. a board where you can pick your own to do and mm. you have all the insights, you have all the information that is required and you can go about your day-to-day uh, -day contribution to the team uh, without little to no uh, blockers. Mm. So, so that's, uh, that's some, or that's one responsibility that I also see that an engineering manager does every day. Then I think maybe the last one, out, I know there are still a lot of uh, responsibilities, but I think this is also another interesting one, uh, which is very important. You are a, uh, uh, you know, your team members must see you as one who could unblock them. So what you're basically doing almost every day is unblocking people. Mm. Because uh, the success of your team members is your success. Uh, if your team members fail, uh, then you also fail. And so you have to keep de-risking the ability to fail. Mm. So uh, if someone is assigned to... The bank of the de-risking, right? Yeah, you have to keep reducing the risk <laughs> of, <laughs> your, of, of the failures of your team coming up. Okay. So you have to ensure that you've done everything that you can do mm. to ensure that your team members are set up for success. Mm. And so if it's that someone needs a, a, an article to level up, mm. if it's that someone needs uh, a peer programming session, if it's that someone needs uh, just some insight on how to architect a solution, mm. and so you are giving to those things and those calls where you're just looking out for opportunities to unblock uh, okay. your team member. So I think you know, these are three major things that I think engineering managers do yeah. uh, almost every day. Okay, so we, we recently had um, an episode where we interviewed a product manager and we talked about, you know, product managers that are not technical. And it was like, oh, it doesn't matter. You don't need to have product managers that are technical. You can have product managers that are not technical and you'll do fine. But I don't think it's the same for engineering managers because you cannot <laughs> unblock somebody that you don't know what is even blocking the person in the first So, if you're listening, um, if you want to be an engineering manager, I'm guessing you need to be an engineer first. Yeah. Uh, am I correct? Yeah, very true. Okay. All right, good. So, um, like, based on all the things you've said, uh, you've said, like, three things that you do every day and then the general job of the engineering manager. So, like, what's the single most important thing that if an engineering manager does not do, then in the job at all? Like, one single thing that, okay, if you don't do this, everything else you're doing doesn't matter. Um, I, I think it should be the, the second one. Uh... If, if your team members don't know what they are doing on the team, mm. then uh, your role is insignificant. And the team could actually... You are going easy on them. Uh, <laughs> the team could actually go without you. Mm. And actually, there's no team. It's probably uh, individuals. Yeah. Uh, Everyone flying solo and just yeah. doing their thing. Yeah, so so if, uh, if you're not going to take responsibility for uh, what your team 
the outputs that they will be committed to in terms of the goals that they will be committed to, then there is no uh, engineering manufacturing. Hmm. So, so that's one of the, or that, that I think that should be the most important uh, responsibility that an engineering manager is committed to. That's, that's, that's very valuable. Okay, so um, actually, we wanted to ask a question first, but we realized that without asking this one, I'm going to ask you now, the second question may not actually make sense. So um, I'm going to believe that, you know, you've managed different kinds of engineers in the past. Um, Nigerian engineers <laughs> and engineers abroad. So um, we'd like to know some of the major differences that you have noticed between Nigerian engineers and engineers. Don't worry, we are protected. On it. This podcast has insurance. Nobody's going, to <laughs> Nobody's going to cover you. So I want to know some of the major differences you have noticed between you know managing Nigerian engineers and managing engineers that are not Nigerian. Because you know this is a um, um, podcast about the tech, the tech ecosystem in Nigeria and you know, we just want to get a, like the whole vibe you get from managing these two different diverse sets of people from different backgrounds. Okay, interesting. Um, I think before now, uh, where your engineer uh, works from or the country where your engineer resides uh, could be a problem. I mean, before now. Mm. Uh, but I think uh, a lot has been done to actually bridge that gap. But if you still ask me, there are bad and good engineers everywhere. Mm. I mean, uh, if you still want to uh, uh, get someone to write you a bad code, you can still find a person all the way in the US. Mm. I mean, an expensive bad code. <laughs> you can still get that. Uh, but I think there are also some things that are peculiar with uh, engineers that you find here in Nigeria mm. and engineers you find outside Nigeria, some in Africa, I mean other countries in Africa, and some outside the shores of, uh, of Africa. Um, I think one thing uh, for that I have seen personally is that you find engineers that are very committed to, to work uh, in Nigeria here. Mm. You find people who are very thorough and who are very disciplined also. And I'm not saying you wouldn't find this elsewhere. Like I said, I'm speaking from my own uh from my own experience. Mm. Then I think uh uh something that I see as a problem with engineers here in Nigeria is also the opposite of what I have said. You find engineers that are not committed to work. Mm. Uh, you also find engineers that give excuses for everything. I mean, uh, why didn't you, like a simple question, why didn't you deliver? And you immediately you hear that uh, there's no light in the house. Oh, that's valid now. I was disconnected to the next billion users that we want to this product. You get so, so, but I think uh, what ensures that you work with the right people is to um, hire slow and fire fast. I just learned that recently. Wow. Where oh, wow. you you ensure that uh, you hire the best okay. and you quickly get off your team 
anyone that uh, would bring calamity to your team. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, so that's that's what actually, and I think personally also, I think I've worked with little to. Uh, I think I can say that I've worked with uh, uh, outstanding engineers mm. all places I found myself. Mm. Yeah, I've had situations where you have to uh, sit at a round table with an engineer and talk about them not meeting up to expectations. Mm. But I think uh, everywhere I've worked, the hiring process was really top notch. Mm. And so that filters out you, know, you onboarding uh, engineers that uh, you get it mm. uh, long term. Okay. Mm. Higher, slow, and fire fast. Uh, that, that, for that, that statement, that we cannot guarantee safety. We're very sorry. <laughs> if anybody comes at you for that. Okay. Um, so, uh, but there was something you were saying, the, I think the first time you described the role of an engineering manager of being bi-directional as communicating down, communicating backward, you see like that. So, like, um, can you talk a little bit about an engineering manager as a diplomat in a startup or a tech company, basically? Yeah. So, um, to be very candid, you have, I've also been thinking about that statement itself because to, to the two parties that you are managing diplomacy, they don't actually see you as a diplomat. Uh, the party on the other, on each of the end, should see you as your champion in their course. Hmm. <laughs> uh, at every point when you are you display too much, you're being a diplomat, then either of the parties would not see your commitment to them and uh, they will still see some percentage that you leave out to extend to the other party. And I personally, I think I've gone through a relearning process where uh, how best do you sit at a junction where you're interacting and interfacing with two different people uh, that speak two different languages and your goal and your objective is to align both parties and ensure that uh, uh, the the ultimate goal is is achieved, basically. Mm -hmm. And so I think uh, being a diplomat is basically understanding which is the ultimate goal. Mm -hmm. Is it making my engineers smile Mm -hmm. or making money for the company? And so that's actually what I I would say as, uh, if you can understand how to, uh, or you can understand how to define which is the ultimate goal, then I would say you are trying to be a diplomat. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I'm now using that word carefully uh, because there are situations where you find yourself, uh, you are not fulfilling any of the goals. You're just basically uh, giving promises to the two parties and you're always failing. So you're telling your engineers that will make you happy. You're telling your stakeholders, your business stakeholders that will make you happy, but nobody's happy at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So I think your 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 being a diplomat also would also extend to uh, ensuring that the goals that 
each of the parties need to fulfill uh, end up becoming uh, what fulfills the ultimate goal. Mm-hmm. Now, don't don't forget what I said around your ability to detect which is the ultimate goal. Now, for some companies, their goal might probably be to ensure that their retention is uh, goes from five percent to hundred percent. Now, if that's the goal, then you might literally be at loggerheads mm. some business persons mm. uh, because you understand that the goal at that time is to get the team smiling and get the best talent with it. Mm. Now, the flip side would also be if the goal is to ensure the revenue of the company goes from 5% to 100%. Um, even if there's a... Uh, not too important goal, which might be retention at that time, but what everything you have to do uh, for this other goal should be to drive the revenue. Mm-hmm. And you would have to have your rules of engagement to ensure you're also not going outside of uh, normal experiences. Let me just put it that way. And you are able to uh, deploy your resources to ensure that the revenue of the company goes from 5%. So I think you being a diplomat here, when you are a very intelligent person mm. that can identify what the ultimate goal is. If you can spot the ultimate goal, even when you tell a team that uh, you're going to make them smile, mm. uh, they are smiling is to is, is taking the revenue from five percent to hundred <laughs> percent. So if that would help those that want to smile, smile. Okay, so um, I'm actually very curious because. You know, you, you mentioned two sides of the coin now. You mentioned stakeholders, and then you mentioned the engineers, which you are managing in this case, right? But I think, personally, that the stakeholders, they care more about the revenue than the engineers. The engineers, both engineers just want to code. And I think so. the problem is that, um, and I know you've, you've told me this before, a long time ago, I don't know if you remember. You probably don't. <laughs> but I think he told me one time where he said that, Wherever I find myself, I should try and find out how the company makes money. Yeah, it kind of, you know, um, or what the company's goal is, what the company's mission is, because, yeah. you know, you talked about the ultimate goal and stuff. So, um, how do you think you can get engineers to be interested in that part of their job? Because, you know, knowing the business side of this, most engineers don't even want to touch all of, any of that. They just want to write code, clock in from 9 to 5, go back home, <laughs> don't disturb my life. I'm clocking by 20 minutes. Exactly. <laughs> but, me, in my opinion, I'm thinking if you know how the company, you, you may be able to build better solutions yeah, to yeah, speed yeah. things up. And, so, like, how do you think you can get engineers more interested in knowing about that side? Of the business and their company. Yeah, so I think you know, as you were talking, there's this uh, popular thing that uh, that came to mind, which is uh, money makes the world go round. <laughs> 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 uh, if the code makes the world. <laughs> <laughs> and so, even for yourself as an engineer, uh, if your salaries are not paid, mm. uh, I don't think you will have. Uh, that's your coding zone. <laughs> so, so I, I think what you mentioned is very, very valid. But also, there are, there are, there are different applications to this. So, for instance, if you're working in a team of five and a company of 50, and another engineer is working in a team of 10 and a company of 5,000. Now, uh, the level to which 
might be involved in uh, decisions or activities that uh, make of what uh, bring revenue to the company might be very limited, uh, but that still doesn't uh, uh, put you outside of this recommendation. Mm. You have to try your best to understand how to pro provide or produce value mm. that meets and aligns with uh, what the company is looking out for at a particular time. Now, for for every uh, for every reason, money is very important to everyone. I mean, if you immediately you decide that your company does not have a good runway, I mean, cash runway, uh, it's a problem. I mean, you might start having heart attacks or headaches, basically because you're not sure whether uh, there will be salary yeah. the next month. And nobody wants to be owed uh, salary, basically. And so I think what we're saying is that your effort should have a direct impact on what keeps the business running. Yeah. And so as an engineer, don't uh, don't just be a technology advocate on your, your team, your company, you know, uh, you know you're saying it is Node.js, it is JavaScript, it is as interesting as those conversations are, ensure you are solving problems. And I always say that ensure you're a solution advocate. Because there are different opportunities that your company would afford you uh, to solve problems. I mean, problems that are not on your backlog. I mean, problems that uh, you didn't discuss them during your sprint planning. And so, I think maybe one characteristic that I attach to this activity or this responsibility is ownership. If you were the owner of a business, uh, your goal is to get the business making money. Uh, whether you solve the problem with particular tool or another tool, uh, that is very insignificant in that uh, in that situation. And so as an engineer, you know, because I think for me, I myself, I also did have this mindset uh, until I listened to uh, a go-to conference. You know, go-to conferences uh, are usually hosted on YouTube. You can just find uh, a lot of resources yeah. there. And I listened to one particular talk from an architect, and uh, he was talking about, uh, or he was trying to answer a question uh, that someone asked, you know, that how do you make yourself a very resourceful person in an organization? And the answer was very simple, you know, was that look out for the opportunities for your company to make money. Try and understand how they make money. Okay. And look out for opportunities for them to make money. Okay. Trust me. You would be the CEO's friend when every of your innovation ideas and every of your uh, contribution to the team directly impacts uh, on the revenue. Uh, and like I said, you know, your access to information at different companies might uh, either make it easier to contribute to that goal or make it tougher, or it does not in any way. Uh, uh, remove uh, or ostracize anyone mm. from this. You can, even if you're working in Amazon, you can liaise with a different chain of command mm. and find out uh, how is Amazon making money? Like, what is the mind of Jeff Bezos? Mm. What does he, what's his goal like? 
Trust me. Take over the world. <laughs> <laughs> if you're pushing towards that goal, yeah. you literally find out that uh, you become the best friend of your manager, and uh, because that goal becomes your manager's goal, becomes your manager manager's goal, and it cascades even to the highest level to the point where uh, it has a direct impact on what the company is trying to achieve. Okay, 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 okay. That's, this is, like I said, everyone, nuggets. Yeah. Wisdom nuggets, dropping it slowly, consistently. So that, that's actually um, a very lovely answer. And for everyone that's been thinking of, you know, how can I get involved in my company's politics? Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's the answer. Here. No, no, let's not call it politics. Yeah. <laughs> it's more like how can we move the company's revenue upwards? Mm. Okay. So, like, based on that answer, right? And um, so, obviously, now it's like it's the job, somehow, like the job of the engineering manager to um, activate the engineers in that regard, right? So, uh, in um, is. Like, this is a question against, or kind of like against Nigeria. So in Nigeria at the moment, I think the tech industry, at least the, the modern tech, is still very young. And um, so the question is, is engineering leadership lacking in Nigeria? So I, I think it's actually a yes and a no. Uh, like, I could, I could argue for a yes, and I could also argue for a no. Mm. And maybe I'll just talk on both ends. So I could argue for a no first because, yeah, I think in modern tech, like you, the word used is actually doing a lot to provide leadership indirectly and directly. So kudos to everyone doing the work out there. Before now, uh, you probably just, if you wake up and you're dreaming of becoming a software engineer, there's probably no like at the end of that time, you're probably you know, True. Uh, going to tell yourself that it's not going to be possible. But a lot of people have done a lot of work to reduce that uh, bar, and we have uh, a lot of people aspiring and already also growing in that area. And so, and you know, aside from the indirect leadership impact that is happening, I also think a lot of companies are currently investing and committing into engineering management, basically. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not necessarily about the title. It's first about the process being activated. Mm-hmm. So if, if within an organization you have an engineering management process being activated, even if it's being championed by a senior engineer, if it's being championed by a VP of engineering, if it's being championed by a CTO, it's not about the title. Uh, the title is just maybe just to help uh, uh, remove any other uh, responsibilities that might not necessarily be tied to engineering management. And that's why you have the engineering manager as a goal. But like I said, I could also argue for a yes and say that, yeah, I think uh, um, engineering leadership uh, would be like. Lacking, uh, you know, I've not been to everywhere in Nigeria, yeah. but uh, 
places I've been working on, I, I think we are actually better than 10 to 12 years ago. Mm. For me, looking yeah, back definitely. at engineering leadership then, mm. it only looked like a reporting structure. Mm. You know, a group of junior developers reporting to a senior developer in a company. Mm. And it's also a place where technical decisions sit. Meaning, a junior developer should not dream of making a technical decision. It's what is to, you know, like when you tell the soldier, just go. He not ask, why should I go? But yeah. I think, I think uh, now you're probably having people having to ask uh, uh, management a lot of technical questions and now they have to bring people uh, And so a lot of companies still don't have engineering management into it. Mm. Uh, some are just uh, concerned about, uh, is it good working? Uh, yeah. Let's uh, just ship it. Yeah. You know, I've gone for presentations where you see you just uh, in front of the clients who just uh, uh, you know, promises that you as developer you can do it. When did we have this as a client? Oh my god! There are a lot of people that reach out to me for uh, consulting and you find out that they still don't understand the impact uh, of engineering leadership in their uh, companies are still very, uh, their results orientation is still very flawed, uh, and they've not introduced a lot of the important uh, uh, pillars that determine the success in an engineering project. And so, uh, any, anywhere you hear that a project failed, uh, one of the reasons might be there's an engineering project. And projects are still failing, startups are still and so that still tells you we are still lacking in engineering leadership. No, whether we have insights into what field, uh, because one of the things engineering management solves is to predict and react. Uh, whether you know, the prediction is able to be also proactive, yeah. but also react. You also have reactive measures to ensure and mitigate against an engineering project failing. So you have a lot of things that are put in place as workflows, as processes, you know. And the idea of continuous delivery itself is to ensure that you can seamlessly have a delivery pipeline. Now, if you would ask me, was that an idea of a developer that just wants to ship? But I don't think so. I believe it's someone who sat down. I think I agree. That wants to ensure that the flow is seamless. Yeah. That's what engineering management yeah. is. Yeah. And so, so I, so like I said, I could argue for a yes, and I can argue for it. But I think I would teach more to be known because uh, I want to celebrate what is being done yeah. uh, so that we can do more. Mm-hmm. There's still a lot to be done. Yeah. There's still a lot of. Uh, I know visas are listening to this. Actually, so. Uh, if we invest in the right structure, we'll get the right results. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I've actually, I've actually learned so much about engineering management today, yeah. and I actually kind of agree, you know, in, on a lot of things that you said. Uh, you also mentioned that you know, you know, um, products failure most times based on the fact that there's little to no engineering management, yeah. and you know, I like to know how can people learn more about you know engineering management and um, how they can do better at it. Um, so do you have any book recommendations, any advice, you know, 
that you like to give future engineering managers listen <laughs> to this. <laughs> future engineering managers listen to this. Um, there are a couple of book recommendations or things that they can look up and you know just start their journey. Or is or is it possible to learn in isolation or? Do you need to get a mentor? Do you need to yeah, you know, reach that's out that's to people? Yeah. Well. So I I think this itself is like a it's like we should schedule another <laughs> another oh gladly gladly another session for this because there's actually a lot to talk about. Uh, when you say that, you know, how can people become engineering uh, managers? What should they do? Well, I think just to answer your question directly, personally, I would recommend three books uh, for anyone that just you're curious about uh, what engineering management uh, or being a man- an engineering manager, uh, what it entails and how to uh, go about it. I think two preferences first: read books from, uh, I mean, read management books. <laughs> And most importantly, read management books that are written by technical people. Okay. Uh, so that's like the nature of kind of books that I would go to. So one of it is Resilient Management okay. uh, by Lara Hogan. Uh, uh, if you go on Amazon, yeah, we would link it in the show notes. You'll find, you'll find the book. Uh, another is uh, The Manager's Path okay. uh, by Camille uh, Fournier. Uh, uh, now, so manager's path is written by someone who is a technique in the CTO, and uh, a lot of information there be very applicable to engineering. Yeah. Uh, the first is you know, it's more of a manager's book, not necessarily tailored uh, towards just uh, technical. I mean, if you're just a manager, anyway. Then the last one is I think it's my favorite. Uh, Managing Humans uh, by Michael Locke. Uh, that's the VP uh, of Slack. Oh, wow. Uh, so you know, I think he has a important rant. That's his name. Uh, <laughs> anyway, you see rant. Uh, that's uh, CTO of Slack. Okay. I, I, so so I, I think one thing I find interesting about these books is the ability for them to. Uh, Speak to technical teams and techniques basically and help them navigate different uh, problems that they might face when trying to build high performance teams. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but if you would also ask me that, you know, how do you become an engineering manager? Well, personally, you know, uh, if you would ask me how did I make a decision to switch to management. I think the first thing was I saw a post from uh, Victor Asemota and uh, Chief. when I saw that post, I just told myself that I wanted to go to management. Oh, wow. Immediately I started making steps towards, I started asking people questions, what are the attributes, what do I need to learn, okay. uh, what do I need to speak with, okay. uh, and I think to the best uh, ability and if I remember very well, I spoke to my mentors, I spoke to people I think know me very well, now I know myself, and they were able to get some of the things I saw as uh, attributes of someone who yeah. And I think immediately after that I told myself I needed uh, opportunities to actually 
practicing even if it would fail and trust me these two posts were <laughs> guinea pigs of my experiment of being an engineering manager trying to mentor people and uh, you can see they didn't fail so well, we're, we're very thankful. Uh, we'd just like to give a shout out to, you know, everybody. <laughs> so, so I, I think it goes a long way uh, for you to you know, actually go through the right processes and speaking to the right people. We have mentors that can also help you navigate, especially if you're interested in engineering management. Yeah. Uh, there are people who have gone ahead of you that you can only speak. Probably also have um, better insights and references for you to look into. Thank you so much for that for that um, response. Um, actually, it actually really comes down to you know trying to learn from others and taking that first step to decide what you actually want to do. So yeah, I totally relate. I totally understand. We have just one more question, and we'll call this episode. Um, Known for the day. Uh, so, uh, remember, I said we usually have a controversial question. I don't know how controversial this one is, <laughs> but um, if you would like to um, give us a description of what you think the perfect engineering culture looks like, like if you were ever to create your own engineering culture at wherever you found yourself. Like what what do you think you put in place? Um, is it ping pong tables or free lunch every Monday and Tuesday? <laughs> so what I think you think, oh, okay, once we have this, I think okay, well the engineering culture will just, you know, flourish. Things like that. Yeah. Uh, I think it's, the question itself is very controversial. <laughs> So I think to, to answer this, I would, if anyone would ask me this question, I would first of all say that what, what is the engineering project that we have? Hmm. Because if you are not, if you want to behave like Amazon, you don't have an Amazon project. <laughs> you just waste everybody's time. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. <laughs> you, you, you know when you designed uh, something that is not an engineering team again, mm-hmm. you probably have an Amazon <laughs> so, but, but I don't think I don't think we should strive to actually perfect culture. Mm. I don't think that should be a thing. You know, a good engineering culture is very key, and it should comprise of you know, engineers. And they should feel that they can grow that organization. They can pursue their dreams. They can uh, grow to become whatever they need to be. And mm. for the time they are. Um, now that's a good yeah. but you know, a good culture is also is you having support systems uh, provided to your engineers. I mean, your engineers should. Uh, it's not only Google that you know, in every city you have to you have to be. There are multiple support systems that you can put in place, uh, both human and non-human. Uh, I mean, you can have. You know, you know, it's very weird when you have a junior engineer in a team. Why is it junior? Because they should be a senior. Yeah. If there won't be a junior, then let him know that uh, he's not a junior engineer. Mm. He's, he's a, that animal in the jungle. <laughs> he dies in the forest. It's uh, part of it's part of it. And so there should be support systems as humans where you have 
manager that can tend to support yeah. junior engineers. Mm -hmm. Senior engineers are also there to support junior engineers. Mm -hmm. And so an intern is not within your position and he or she cannot reach out to somebody who is uh, more knowledgeable yeah. uh, that's that's fair. And also you have the like I call them the non-human support systems. You have new projects that uh, tend to provide resources, you know, whether it's a subscription to Pluralsight or Demi or Audacity uh, or Coursera or Frontend Master or any platform that you know, basically can help your team skill up yeah. at every point. So yeah. like I said, it's not just Google. I mean, so when your engineer comes to you and says, I'm having this problem, yeah, you can say, you should go and Google it. Or, Google is not a teacher in itself. Yeah. It's a body of knowledge. And so at times you need to be specific around the body of knowledge or the kind of information that you want to uh, provide to engineers and support. And I think the third one is also a, a, a good culture, be a culture that has a good feedback system between both managers and directors. Where you're not waiting until performance review to tell the person a permit me to say a shitload of uh, irresponsible activities that the director so many months ago. It's not a a useful feedback system yeah. if you have that in place. Then I think the last one is you know celebrating small wins. The one thing I have seen from my experience being a manager is people deserve or people look forward to being appreciated. I mean, when someone does, uh, you're not just everywhere on Slack, condemning what's bad, mm. what's not doing mm. well. You know, even when someone unblocks the other person, yeah. celebrate such wins. This one is very important. Yeah. Please, people listen, you tell your, tell your engineering managers. <laughs> this is because I've, I've been in places where <laughs> it wasn't great. Man, thank you so much, so, so much for coming on this podcast, for coming on this episode. We, we really, really appreciate this. We cannot complete, like, completely talk about everything we want to talk about today because engineering, I know it goes way deeper than everything we just said, but we are really grateful that, you know, you actually gave us just a tip of the iceberg of yeah. all the things that, you know, is actually possible with good engineering management and good engineering leadership. Um, so we're just going to link your social handles in show notes. Uh, he's a very nice guy. Uh, he does. Uh, he, he tweets like once in two years, but he does. I promise you. So um, in case anybody has more questions to reach out, you can definitely reach out to him and all of that. But you know, I'm very sure he will reply. So thank you so much once again. And yeah. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Uh, Emmanuel, thank you very much. Uh, uh, David, thank you very much. Like, this, this is a good platform that you guys are using to help a lot of people. And, uh, like, you guys are doing good work. He said this first, and um, sources have told me that he's a prophet. So, everybody listen to him. <laughs> thank you so much once again. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. 
remember we release new episodes every other wednesday and you can subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcast whether that's apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, or spotify if you would love to connect with us you can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Inside the Techos or subscribe to our newsletter and shoot us an email at insidethecosystem at gmail.com. We love hearing from our listeners. You can follow the host on Twitter as well, uh, Chuka at Siwadiogo and Emmanuel at Olalua underscore 98. All right, see you in the next one.